Victor and Lois are siblings who were both diagnosed with generalised anxiety disorder. Lois lives and works in London and Hector is a student living in Vienna. In their weekly podcast, Anxiety Calling, they'll be talking about different aspects of living with generalised anxiety disorder and how they get by in day-to-day life. Welcome to episode two of Anxiety Calling. My name is Lois. And I'm Hector. And today we will be talking about anxiety in social situations. Where to start? Where indeed. Okay, I have a hypothetical question. Mm -hmm. Today is the 31st of October. If you were the kind of person who did go to Halloween parties. Okay. And you had to dress up as the scariest social situation you can possibly imagine. What costume would you choose? Oh, that's a tough one. But it's it's probably a toss up. Like it's probably a toss up between introducing your new partner to your family at a social gathering with the whole family mm-hmm. or um or um like a work christmas party what about you i think probably parties where i don't know enough people that's a big one damn it oh that's why i meant work because like, i don't know my work colleagues that well so that's one well that depends ah it depends on the work situation. But yeah, parties where I don't know very many people is... Well, actually, maybe you're right. Work parties. Okay, the problem here is... It depends. Like some people like, have, you know, loads of work friends. But if you don't really mix with your work friends, yeah. then you have to go to that Christmas party and you don't know anyone. You have anyone. to have a conversation. Yeah, and you have fundamentally very little in common. That can be really daunting. Because also these are people you're going to have to see the next day. So you can't really get completely twatted. And then, you but know. that's the thing why some people do get completely twatted so that they get past this barrier of, of, of anxiety. And in again, that we're not, we're not, um, telling yeah, we're not you to self medicate <laughs> with alcohol. Yes, not, not good. Um, having said that, um, yeah, I think for me it would probably I would I would dress up so if I was going to a if I were the kind of person who went to a Halloween party, I would dress up as the person I would dress up as the party where I don't know more than one person, maybe two people. Actually, you're right. That is the worst party ever. And I mean, that tends because like if you go with a friend to a party. It, you tend to be sort of in the same-ish friend group. So you will know other people. So it tends to be with me. It was always like when I went to a party with a partner and it was their party, their friends and someone's birthday party that I didn't know. And I was, you know, mandatorily invited as well because I'm the girlfriend. So worse than that would be, okay, I've got worse version. I've got, I've got, I've, okay, sorry. I've, I've, I've gathered my thoughts now and I've come to the conclusion. I would dress up. <laughs> I would dress up as the party that my partner invited me to like half an hour before I was 
ex- wait, no, before half an hour before it's going to happen. And I wasn't expecting this. So we were just going to meet up for something. So maybe I'm not even wearing clothes that I would necessarily wear to an unknown party. And then I arrive, for example, at my partner's place. And then my partner says to me, oh, yeah, sorry, I forgot. Today is this and this person's birthday. We have to go there and be there in an hour. That is the costume I would wear. I've got it now. Oh, actually, I have a very particular costume from a very particular thing that happened but I didn't go, just spoiler alert, I did not go to this. But here's just, just to tell you what, what it, if I had gone to this party, this is what it would have been. St- it started off badly because um, we were supposed to be going to get some supper after my rehearsal. And I was really looking forward to it because I wanted to have sushi. I really wanted it. Okay. And so that was the plan. But he showed up and he'd already eaten. And we couldn't very well go to the place because it was like an all-you-can-eat sushi place. So you can't just pay for one person's all-you-can-eat sushi place and have one the other person sitting there because they're going to think you're just trying to get, you know, steal food. So that wasn't going to happen. So then supper was ruined for me because I really had my heart set in this one place. Your partner knew you were going to eat. Yes, we. I'd been talking about this for ages. This was a right. big plan. I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, okay. Um oh, by the way, I already ate. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, that starts, that's a bad one. Like that is something, uh, because I I also have this, a big, I have a lot of anxiety around eating in front of people if they're not eating. I have anxiety about eating in front of people in general, but a big one is like, I hate going to a restaurant and being the only person who eats. So yeah. I mean, if I'm with other people, if, if if I was with other people and I was the only person eating, I'd feel uncomfortable. But I have to say, I really like going to restaurants on my own and eating. I think because I don't have to make conversation while you I'm eating. You usually call me when you're at a restaurant. By I do. Yourself. Yes, you're right. I call <laughs> so you're not exactly alone. <laughs> True. No, I do do that. I, okay. I I own up. I go to restaurants and, and call me. Call my sister and eat alone. <laughs> it's something I do. All right. That, again, I can do that, but I can't sit in a restaurant in silence and eat by myself. It's very hard for me. Um, so this was like, it wasn't ideal. And then eventually I was like, okay, fine, I'm going to go to this Indian restaurant and I'm just going to have to, you know, get over the fact that I have massive anxiety about eating at a restaurant where nobody, with somebody who isn't eating and just eat. Wait, so you went to an Indian restaurant instead of the Yeah, sushi because restaurant. we couldn't do the all you can eat sushi thing because uh-huh, people right. don't allow it if only right, one yeah, of you yeah, is yeah. ordering that. That's not mm-hmm. going to happen. So okay. went to an Indian restaurant, one of my favorites in Munich. And then he sprung two things on me. One was, oh, let's spontaneously go to the German film school where somebody who I really didn't like was having some kind of premiere situation. But because of this, it was like, oh, spontaneous, we have to go and like watch this thing, which I didn't want to do. I, because like, I mean, I was tired and also it just sounded like a really awful scenario where I have to talk to a bunch of people that I don't know. And then it was like, oh, and after we've done that, let's go to a party. And the party was of the girl who stole my first boyfriend. (laughs) So my first boyfriend cheated on me with a good friend of mine. And we had not had any contact since that. And then years later, when I was, I had a a new boyfriend, it turned out his best friend was dating this girl. Obviously it's her birthday. And I, me and her have not spoken in years and didn't, things did not end well. So let's go to a party. Like, can you imagine anything worse? So wait a minute, if I can 
sum this up. Your hypothetical Halloween social situation costume would be that day of that day that day that day because because so much was sprung on me those two things being sprung sprung on me in like a course of five minutes like i was halfway through my meal he didn't even let me finish my meal and he sprung these things on me that were just it was it was it was like it was like the worst combination of things you could spring on me so summing up we can say that social situations that are sprung on one are probably the worst kind or most difficult yeah if you're an anxious person because a lot of people do um suffer from social anxiety which isn't exactly the same thing as being anxious in um social situation because you can have an anxiety disorder and not suffer from social anxiety or you can have a social anxiety you can have social anxiety but not have an anxiety disorder disclaimer Disclaimer, they are not mental health professionals. Any advice or information given in this podcast is based on their personal experiences and is meant to raise awareness and help end the stigma of mental illness. Thank you for listening. This message was brought to you by the good of humanity. Big thank you to Jared Rowland for being our disclaimer guy. Yes, uh, this was also the first episode where we officially introduce Jared Rowland, uh, also known as Jib the Disclaimer Dude, who will now be featured every episode. So actually, I think we were talking about... Social anxiety in general and um, having an anxiety disorder, things right, being yes. sprung on you. A big anxiety of mine in any um, social situation, especially where I didn't know the people um was it was um particularly when i was living in munich um was because of my name mm. and i'm i have a lot of anxiety of, around my name because um it's not a german name and a lot of people have a hard time pronouncing it and or spelling it you know so i've seen some very very creative versions of my name and um i mean if most people have what i have which is every time i meet a new person it doesn't matter what situation it is as soon as they say their name, my it's like my ears turn off and I can't actually hear what they're saying. I don't actually know. It's like I don't understand the language anymore. Suddenly, if someone says their name, I just don't know what it is. And two minutes later, I have no idea what the name of this person is. I think That's I can remember really the face, hard. but I think more people have that in general. But I do actually generally get anxious automatically the moment I meet someone new. It doesn't matter if it's um, someone I find um interesting or not interesting or it doesn't whatever i just can't it doesn't matter what happens my mind just goes completely blank the moment they say their name mm. and um yeah but i mean one thing I mean, that i was also thinking about is what i one thing that does make me anxious not so much anymore but it used to when i was having regular panic attacks and and stronger anxiety attacks was if i did have to go to a social event i did think long and hard about would i go there would i do it um, because of fear of having a panic attack or anxiety attack. So, for example, one thing I always did for a long, long time was if I went to a cinema or a theater or um, an event or um, a work thing or anything, I would always... So if it was something where I had to sit, I would choose a seat on the aisle so that I could go if I had to always. I would never, ever sit in the middle. Um, 
and if it was if it was like a party situation i would i would always know where the exits were where the bathroom was if so that i could just go quickly if i had to mm. and um so anything that was 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 full or, or or where it would be awkward to leave i always the first thing i thought about before organizing this event or going there or whether like i said whether it was a cinema thing or 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 anything like that would be my first consideration would be where are the exits if i have yeah. to leave because i'm feeling anxious or nervous or or actually panicky and terrible so this is something um that i definitely did in, in in social situations and still i try not to do it so much because part of cbt is is obviously is you know buying a ticket right in the center of the cinema that's a big one. Um, I never, I hate sitting centrums. I hate also because like it's the sort of like it's sort of the very intuitive thing that everyone else does is they want to sit central in the cinema, and I hate it so much. So then it's always like they're like, oh, so where should we sit? I'm like, oh, let's sit in the aisle or let's sit at the side. And they're like, what? Why would you do that? And it's you know, mm. that's um, it's quite that also makes me very anxious. Sort of people I mean, thinking is, I'm yeah, weird. This is this is something this is something about so social situations, of course that yes the fear of being seen as weird in so for example if you were going out with people that you don't know so well and yeah for example you went to the cinema and they chose to sit right in the middle that would be something that's difficult i mean how would you how would one tell that or if you go to a bar with people that you don't know super well i think it's always to do with social situations the less you know the people the more difficult it is if you're an anxious person, which makes total sense. I think probably also for less anxious people, it's, it's more comfortable. But I think things which are uncomfortable for people who don't have anxiety, for people who do have anxiety, they're often extremely uncomfortable. Mm, yeah. And um, so like, I don't know, for example, when we're talking about bars, I think we, we talked about this before. That's um, one of the most intolerable things is finding people in bars. <laughs> That is one of my top one. 10 fears, finding people in bars because it's dark. Why are bars so dark? I can't see anything in there. And crowded. people aren't paying. It's crowded. It's dark. It's loud. People aren't like, if everyone's like having a fun time, they're not necessarily like on the lookout for when you're going to pop up, mm. you know? Oh, also, because that's the thing, like one of my, one of your big fears as somebody with an anxiety disorder when you have to meet people in bars is that they're not going to be there, you know? Is that a fear you have? Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you why I have this fear. <laughs> because it literally happened. Because of that, again, it's sort of, that's sort of like confirmed that this can happen. It was one of those fears mm. that I always had, but this experience just confirmed that it could happen. So I'm now always have that in the back of my mind whenever I'm supposed to be meeting people in bars. That what if they're not there, you know? Mm -hmm. Also, I'm worried that I look stupid while I'm looking for them. But yeah, like as a as a as a person who has has general generalized anxiety disorder or panic disorder is um, of course much much uh, more intense. This this feeling that I think probably most people have it in a form anyway about these situations. But you know, some people have a harder time than others. I remember as a child, I also used to hate it. Remember when you'd be brought to a grown ups party and there were other children present, and the grown ups assumed you were just going to hit it off with the children. Yeah, I remember that. You had to hang out with other people's children you didn't know yeah and you didn't know whether they washed their hands properly or not that was quite like a party that sometimes that would happen and it was sort of like this idea that children would play together the grown-ups would play together and i wasn't entirely comfortable with that setup 
So as an anxious person, as a person who's suffering from anxiety, you um, you want to be able to calculate things. You want to know mm. what's going to happen. That's why you plan things so so well. And that's why, of course, short notice plan changes are a really tough one. Or um, who are new is difficult is because you, you, you know, you can't really... You you don't know how they're going to what they're going to do. You can't. You, they're, they're unpredictable, <laughs> and that's the thing. I think something that that I as somebody with you don't know if they wash their of, hands before they shake your hand. You don't know. You don't know generally just like how they are about like I feel like both of us are a bit germaphobe, um, which isn't something that everyone with an anxiety disorder would have. But like, no. um, yeah, I'm that obsessed is like, with washing my hands. To be me honest. too. I, you know, this is why. Like, this has been a great time for me because everyone has to wash their hands legally. Mm-hmm. Um, that is some. Yeah, that is one. That yes, touching people's hands or like, you know, when you have to hug somebody you don't know. And there's also like, uh, I get okay. I don't like. I don't know what's worse for me: meeting people that I don't know very well in a place like a restaurant, club, or whatever, or people's homes. I think possibly people's homes because then there's only one loo and then there's lots like house parties where there were a lot of people was very stressful for me Mm. because you know, when I drink alcohol and stuff and like, I want to be able to have access to a toilet at all times, but then sometimes at house parties, it'd be like a giant line or somebody would be having sex in the loo. And then like, you know, where does that leave me exactly? Yeah. That's a tough one. Somebody would do something or they wouldn't have loo paper. And then what? Also, it's much. It seems much ruder to just disappear if you're on. A, I mean, if the parties there's like millions of people, then it's fine. You can disappear without anyone noticing you. Mm. Worse than that is a party at home where you're expecting more people, and it turns out it's like three people, and you just can't leave straight away. <laughs> Maybe that's a new costume. Hang on. Oh, could be quite a good costume. Okay, a Halloween costume for bad social situation is you're invited to a party you don't know anyone maybe you know one person and the person says you'll meet there you turn up that person's not there oh no you don't know (laughs) people you don't know are there that's the worst that is that wins and the conversation is either okay two options either no one is able to talk to each other or they know each other really well and are having a really good conversation and you just can't get into their conversation so you stand around with a little oh, I hate that. Oh, paper God. cup. <laughs> oh. And um, yeah, that's a bad one. I really hate, like, okay, I think, I think to be honest, like, because like I said, my hypothetical Halloween costume didn't happen because I just refused to go. And I'm actually really glad that I set that boundary because that is an important thing as somebody with an anxiety disorder. Like, because it's hard to kind of tell when are you being reasonable and when are you being unreasonable yeah, because you difficult. know that you, you know that you have, um, that you that you just think differently and that you you perceive things differently and that for someone else it might be something very fun and that you might be the unreason you might seem to be the unreasonable one, and so I think that a lot of times I have been I have definitely put up with things and not set boundaries like I should have done, and instead of just simply openly just simply telling people how I feel about something I would make ex- I would either make up excuses yeah. like I'm you know I'm ill or something or um. Sometimes, by the way, I was ill for everyone whose party I didn't show up to. Um, <laughs> like I would, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of easy to fall into that thing. Where, like I have to make an excuse. Otherwise, everyone's going to hate me for not wanting to do this. Um, or I would do it and then be incredibly stressed and then um, get into a fight or something because of how stressed I was, you know. 
so in that particular scenario that didn't happen but it would if it had happened that would definitely be my worst nightmare um I did set the boundary and say listen like no I I I I mean, that is a tough one in general, actually. Um, It's a tough one, the the setting boundaries, because, I mean, sometimes it's a fine line between, um, or in in my case, I'm not saying it's always like it's been my case, sometimes it was a fine line between um, actually setting boundaries and and not doing things where I knew that I wouldn't like them, whatever happened, Mm. and um, or giving in to a a side of me which was... um, overly anxious and actually sometimes and it's and sometimes did turn up I went to a place that I really didn't want to go to and I felt horrible before and terribly anxious and then I did actually have a really nice time that has actually also happened so um I think this is one of the difficulties in, in social situations is finding finding like this fine line between I mean like you said is this um an appropriate reaction how I'm feeling that I don't you know spontaneously want to do this or that um, or is it is it more to do with me um, and how I feel? And I think that is that is probably one of the difficulties about um, about having having generalized anxiety disorder and but yet but still wanting to take part in 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 standard uh, human um, communication and and forms of communication, which is happening obviously in social situations yeah. like parties and stuff. Yeah. So please don't stop inviting us to things. Like, yeah. that's not what we're saying. Don't stop inviting us. One day we'll show up. It's just, it is, it is a real struggle though. Like, um, often make, I do go to the parties and stuff. I do overthink it a lot before. And, you know, sometimes I'll have a really good time. Sometimes I, my anxiety will act up and it will be difficult, but mm. it is, um, just something, you, you know, to keep in mind. And that also means that, you know, if it is a friend, if you do have a friend or your partner who does suffer from an anxiety disorder, keep that in mind to like, you know, maybe help them a little bit, you know, to feel feel comfortable because it is one thing that is quite hard is when you do know only one person and then that person abandons you at the party and well, that, you have to make that could be one thing but one other thing that i also notice is that um i mean if you if you like the person you and you want to please them you know or you don't want to you don't want to be you don't you feel like you you don't want to be difficult you don't want to mm. um disappoint them um i was just thinking sometimes which is which is incredibly stupid but it's sometimes that that would also that factor would just make me so anxious and stressed that mm. I would the thought that, okay, that I would not be able to um, fulfill the expectations of the person that I like and that I'm here with um, in this party because either I can't stay long because I get anxious or I just am not capable of having a proper conversation or I cancel from the start and then they're disappointed. So I think... Um, Actually, it has happened to me, I think, that maybe it would be less stress, but this is more to do with me than the other person, of course. It would have been less stress to me to go to a party where I don't know anybody because then I couldn't, it wouldn't matter if I, if I disappointed um, someone or if, because I couldn't, it wouldn't matter if I disappointed them because they don't know me and so they don't really care. Mm, yeah. So I think that is also one side for me is, is you know, the, the, one does, I think, put pressure on oneself to to take part in these things, which is probably good. Um, and, um, but yeah, I mean, of course it's, um, it is easier if the person you're meeting there knows what's going on. And so that doesn't cause extra, extra sort of 
um, stress or anxiety? Yeah, I do think it like, um, cause I, you know, for a lot of these experiences that I had in the past, I hadn't been diagnosed yet. I didn't necessarily know. Um, also didn't, it took me a long time to kind of, um, figure out how to communicate and I to communicate this to people and it's, I'm still not there. It's very hard sometimes to try and just openly explain to someone that um, how you're feeling and how how anxious something is making you. Um, and that is a really tough one. I mean, I think we'll go into more detail with on that subject in, a, in a, another episode, but we can briefly um, go into. It. But it is actually, I mean, it is very difficult explaining to people. Sometimes people you know really well, explaining it to what it is because it's um it is such a unique experience which is really hard to understand if you haven't felt it yourself because it's so um like most actually like basically all human experiences are difficult to imagine if you if you don't if you haven't had it yourself um yeah so it's quite easy to sort of dismiss it and be like oh you know just pull yourself together you're gonna you'll you'll like it when you're there you know that's something that people say to me yeah, all the time. It's like you will that. like it when you're there and i'm like no or maybe i'll hate it mm-hmm. you know it's a hard one it really is um uh, one thing that was kind of hard for me um, was that sometimes there would be, it would be like one of those sort of more spontaneous things like, oh, by the way, this is happening and mm. I want to go. And then I would have to decide, like, sometimes it felt like I had to decide, like, do I want to spend time with this person who I really like? Or do I, am, you know, do I simply... Um, admit to myself like I can't handle a situation and so sometimes it would be that I would be like listen you can go and I'll go home but then it was so hard for me at home to sort of because there was there was all this there was a lot of guilt but also this um this sadness of like why does it have to be that way why do I why why is it that I have to choose between feeling comfortable and being with someone who I like or who I'm in love with. Why, mm. why can't I have both, you know, and I can't, I know I can't, ex- obviously I can't expect someone to always, you know, never go to anything because I have an anxiety disorder. Obviously that wouldn't work. Um, but it often felt like I just, it was really hard for me to kind of, um, it made me very sad sometimes to be like, okay, well, I wanted to spend time with this person, but I didn't, I couldn't handle a social situation. So now I can't be with this person right now. And um, I'm alone because I have an anxiety disorder, you know? Yeah, I think this happens, this does happen a lot. And it's really probably one of the darker sides of the of the condition. But I know that the feeling of, um, I mean, like we said before, you know, social inter... Wait a minute, that's the wrong word. I don't want to say intercourse. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, seriously. So uh, social... Um, Interactions? Interactions, that's the one. Interactions, not intercourse. Get your mind out of the gutter, Hector. Sorry. (laughs) Social interactions um, are, of course, a fundamental part of of being a human being. And if you are having, if you're you're suffering, and this is where it actually becomes suffering, I would say, as opposed to, well, I mean, really suffering, that's the the correct word, I think, of an anxiety disorder disorder. when you're not able to take part properly in these um, basic standard human interactions because mm-hmm. um, it makes you feel so uncomfortable. And um, so this is probably one of the most, I find probably actually one of the most difficult things that I found um, when I was having more intense phases of, 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 the, of the disorder was um, the feeling of being disconnected from society in mm-hmm. a way 
and um, not being able to take part in normal things or just, okay, normal, what is normal, but you know, what, what feels felt normal before you had the, the, the disorder. Um, and um, that feeling of, of not being, not being capable of, of, of living a normal life as it were. I think this was one of the most difficult things for me at the time to, to, to come to terms with and accept. Yeah, because it can, it can get quite lonely um, and, and scary because it's sort of like, well, will this, will I always be like this? Will I never be able to just, you know, will I never be able to just be able to be spontaneous and uh, like other people can and um, and actually enjoy myself? Why do I have to plan everything ahead and like, um, why is it so hard? Um, I think, you know, part of it really is also the tiredness. The tiredness is one of the things that is very, it makes it hard to also um, follow through with plans that you've made in advance. Like um, Tiredness, but also, I mean, eating is also a thing. So for example, I, if I don't eat regularly, oh. then I get low blood sugar. And if I get low blood sugar, I get <laughs> anxiety and panic. So it's, you know, these things like what, what time I eat and what time I sleep and stuff. Um, because they help, because they help with um, with being less anxious, they do it make, but they do actually make it more difficult to be spontaneous. Yeah, yeah. Having it's sort of this thing of like having routines really helps you because it's kind of like it's something you it's like a scaffolding you can like hold on to. Like I know, okay, um, if I have like a you know a very regular schedule, I know that this is going to happen at this time. This is going to happen here, and I do, and it's kind of because if you have an anxiety disorder, or at least for me, it does really, really help to sort of be like, okay, I'm going to take this one step at a time. And then if you have like, okay, I know this is going to be my next step, but then suddenly somebody throws a party into that mix. It's quite scary to be like, well, well then this corrupts my entire day. And I had all these things planned. And so that's why what tends to happen with me when, um, when something like this happens, like if my partner comes along and spontaneously says, Hey, um, um, this person texted me and wanted to know if we wanted to come over for drinks later. And then I will ask about a hundred questions. Like mm -hmm. what time will there be food? Will I be able to eat any of the food? What kind of drinks are we going to a bar? Are we going to their flat? Um, and like all these questions, how many people are going to be there? Will there be lose? Like all these questions that I need to like, I need to sort of, I need answers. Otherwise I don't know if it's safe or not. And I, I know it's still going to be safe. Cause it's not like we're, I don't know. We're not, we're not doing anything dangerous, but it doesn't feel safe. I know, and I what interactions. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't feel it doesn't feel safe to me. And then I know while I'm doing it, I know while I'm doing it how weird I must sound, and how ridiculous sometimes I'm being. But I really can't handle it. And so, like, he, I will put him through an interrogation. Then he has to ask a bunch of questions. And um, I mean, there is, I think, a big difference between um social events you can go to and social events you feel like you have to go to because i mean of course any event you can theoretically cancel but there are levels of there are different levels of of importance how appropriate it would be as well yeah how appropriate it would be not to turn up or to leave early or to embarrass yourself so i think work events are probably you know more important weddings um things like this 
these are things where um so birthday parties especially if you're like close with the person you know yeah yeah if you're close to the person then then they outline the party to you and you think oh my god i can't i can't actually do this but um i think um obviously this is how your an anxious brain works but if the more important it is in the sense of whether it will work or a wedding or someone close to you the more anxious you get about having to go there and and how you will how you will behave there people have different symptoms of anxiety i mean i have i have the i have more the kind which goes to my head i get dizzy and shortness of breath and um and 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 irregular heartbeats and and fast heartbeats other people get more this this get nauseous and um so i i i know people i've 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 i know two people who suffer from anxiety and their biggest fear is having to of getting nauseous somewhere for me i think it's probably a, a quite an a uh, it's probably more of an emotional one i feel mm. like there are certain people that i would i would so hate to disappoint them mm. or i would i would so hate to hurt their feelings by not showing up that those are probably the ones where i will force myself more like if i feel like i if i feel like i i would i might upset someone who is very close to me mm. um then i will it doesn't matter how much i don't want to do something i will do it um i'm actually probably more likely to flake on a um like a work event because it's as long as it's not I, tr- I would try to make it if I re- if it was getting too much then mm. that's probably the one I would be more likely to be like listen um you know I I just can't uh, make it because it's you know life happens and I think colleagues are then they're not going to hold it against me for the rest of my life that I didn't show up you know it's like it's good to go I would definitely recommend going to work events because it's a good way to kind of you know get to know your colleagues yeah that's one thing but if you're also I mean there are events where you think okay I should go because it's good for my career exactly it does yeah it definitely is if it's not one of those ones that's you know gonna end your career if you don't show up like that's probably more likely to get Mm. cancelled by me but there are some I, mean, I also like, have okay. gone to, I've gone to events where I thought okay I should go because this is important for for how I want to work in the future mm. and turned out to be a complete waste of time because <laughs> it exactly. didn't, didn't help my career I didn't get rich and famous because I went to this party but <laughs> um yeah but I mean yeah but the but the important thing is you went Hector I did go yeah so that's a win what worries me now though what's making me anxious right now is the thought of the parties that I didn't go to, which would have made me rich and famous. Exactly. It's like, it's like especially as somebody who works in the arts, there are all these, these mixers, you know, the mixers. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, networking I'm parties. I'm terrible at that. How terrible are networking parties? I'm so bad at selling myself. Yeah, I think generally people who suffer from anxiety are probably bad at selling themselves and bad at networking. So <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Because they're anxious about talking to people and they're also very self-conscious. So how do you sell that exactly? I mean, how many, yeah, I mean, how many, how many anxious, almost famous people are out there, I ask myself now. There's also a lot of, one of them. but on the other side... There are a lot of anxious, famous people, so they made True. it at some Actually, point. Yeah. I mean, of course, if you look at the, the statistical numbers of how many people have this uh, condition, then, of course, uh, there is a percentage of people. And maybe, yeah, you're, maybe you're right. Maybe because you're so 
um, good at planning and 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 um, and and so accurate things. It, I think it can help you because I think most people who suffer from anxiety are actually very hard workers. And they're very and, self-critical, so they really and very do self-critical. work so, so hard. Exactly, and so they do usually do a very good job. Yeah, and I, I think um, they will like go that extra mile. I think, like I can, I speaking for, as somebody who also you know works or tries to work um, in the theatre and just acting in general. Like it is one of those things where you or I do really do my research to try and you know be as good as I can be and um I think that that and also yeah I mean putting as much effort in no matter how big or small the role that you have is it will that is what will get you a long way to be honest I think but you know a a big part of it's also being able to sell yourself and I really definitely suck at that like that's really Mm. hard for me man I can't it's like writing to agents is a nightmare, but I think we're getting off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> That's something for a different day. Um, but back to parties, because um, you were talking about what your fear is um, and how you'll behave and how mm. your anxiety can manifest itself. I think a big problem with me, um, there are two big ones. Um, I do also have the thing with the nausea. I do get incredibly nauseous. Um, mm. No, I luckily don't have that one. Oh, it's awful. It really is. And like, sometimes it does get to the, and on top of the fact that I get very, very, very nauseous, um, I also have an irrational fear of throwing up. Mm. But I don't really, I get that sort of, I get very nauseous before a social situation. So I do have that, but like my two worries um, when I'm going to party is with me, what will happen very, very quickly because of how the amygdala will fire very easily, if you have a generalized anxiety disorder, is that I will go into fight or flight mode Mm. very, very quickly. And if my anxiety is heightened by being at a party, for instance, then the chances of me getting into a fight with someone (laughs) (laughs) is very high. You mean like a fist fight? No, 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 no. No, like a verbal fight. And it's like... What, like a stranger? Sometimes I, I, it's been very hard uh, when we first moved to London, it was quite hard for us to go anywhere without me getting into a fight with someone because I mean, I'm not definitely not a violent person, <laughs> but um, I did sometimes have the irrational fear that I would accidentally just for no reason whatsoever slap someone. <laughs> oh God. Yes. That is a big was, fear of mine that, yeah, that there will be a confrontation that ends up being violent. Mm, yeah, yeah, not because I mean, I'm, is, it's I'm never not... happened to me. It's never ever happened to me. I've never been no, in a, me neither, actually but violent it's... situation, but um, but it's, it's something that, it crops up in your mind because you know for, for some reason, and then you actually worry about it happening. I think it's sort of the fear of not being in control, and the fear of yeah, the fear of not having yourself under control, and so like, yeah. what's the worst thing that could happen if you don't have yourself under control? And but I think the irony is, the, up... thing is, the thing is, but this actually hardly ever happens. No, exactly. As I was going to say, like because we are very so controlled unhealthy. people, because yeah. we're constantly focused on controlling what's happening in our bodies, what's happening in our yeah. minds. So, um, so is the fear of losing control is sort of like it cancels itself out because you're already worried about it, so you're already in control. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're already controlling yourself thing, so much. The only thing that, that I think I find hard to control is sometimes irrational thought, which yes. obviously, yeah. I mean, this is... I mean, everyone has irrational thoughts. Like, it's it's fine. And it's so realistic to you. That's the thing. 
Yeah. That like I think what's what people need to understand is that in your mind, whatever it is that you're imagining is really, really realistic. Mm. And you feel all of these things that you would feel in that situation. Yeah. And that's why it's it's quite difficult. I think I wish what I wish, because going back to like the whole fight fight or flight thing. So like I said, like what one thing that I do worry about is like um if I'm going to be in a social situation that I will get into a fight with someone because it just seems to always happen that it really I can't even count the amount of times because why is it that people stand next to me and then say horribly sexist things I remember once being at some family gathering where this dude who worked as a soldier or something was he was in the army and he said no 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 okay it was someone else. I didn't. We shouldn't have even been there. It was someone else's family, and someone else's distant relative was turning ninety, and the whole family was gathering, and I was there too. And um, this cousin or whatever said, um, someone brought up the subject of women in the army, mm. and then he said, "Yes, there are some female soldiers, but they are all filth." Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's very that's very high level. That's very sexism or exactly, even misogyny. It's very hard to ignore that, and so it's sort of I seem, but I feel like sometimes like I attract these people. Like they come to me and mm. they wait until I'm in earshot, and then they say these things, mm. and I'm not just going to let that go, obviously. And so then you get into it, and it goes on and on and on, and around you, everyone's getting more and more uncomfortable. And um, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I think the difficult thing is then in retrospect worrying about it like i know that i did the right thing but is everyone else gonna think the same thing they should be on my side because they should Mm. be on the side of um you know of um social justice but are they going to be and so that's something that does then play on my mind like and also in this anxious situation and in this sort of fight or flight mode all my great facts go away, all of the things that I could argue with. And then also the, the in retrospect, imagining all of the incredibly eloquent speeches you could have given to this person that you couldn't because you were so anxious and upset. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean this is a big problem, I think, about anxieties afterwards. I mean, not only before, before events. Um, I think before events, you 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 go through in your mind all the possible outcomes and even possible conversations. But I think afterwards, what happens if you have an anxious mind is that you will, yeah, like you said, you will also, you will think about what you did say, what you could have said, mm-hmm. uh, what you wanted to say. Um, and this can actually um, take up an awful lot of time. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how often it's happened that I've continued conversations. Sometimes a conversation from years ago will come back into my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't start thinking about it was something I said at a party or something I said in 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 a, in a, in a university setting or something like something or or anywhere actually in a supermarket I don't know but there are there are conversations I've had which come back to haunt me years later. <laughs> mm. um, sometimes I wish that flight was a more social acceptable thing because like everything would be like I'm not, sure. I'm not sure actually I'm not sure if, wait, I think flight probably because most people don't are very afraid of conflict I think flight probably is usually seen as more acceptable than yeah but like i literally mean just standing up and walking away and just leaving the whole party like i've done that before i've done that i haven't i fantasize about it all the time oh my god i even so this is i learned this i did this at work actually so i mean i have a friend who still says you know it's one of the most valuable things he ever learned from me i was still working on the trains then and i was 
in Venice, standing at the platform with like five work colleagues. And one of them, he would, they would always be exhausting conversations. And then I just, I was, and I think it helped that I was very tired, <laughs> but I just suddenly turned around mid conversation and just walked away. <laughs> Everything that- there. I'm not even in a dramatic way, more in like a sort of nonchalant kind of, okay, I can't be bothered anymore. <laughs> That's amazing, Hector. I, like, I, I would have loved to have seen that. There were other situations where I wish I'd done that. Um, That's also. the thing. Like, That's what I kind of fantasize about. It's like, what if I just walked away from that mm. particular scenario? What if I just gone, you know, because mm. uh, so often I didn't. I'll more, I'm more likely to fight. And the trouble is um, that you are then often perceived as aggressive. If you fight. If you fight, um, mm. so I suppose I do tend to I do tend to get quite loud. Like I'm not going to be physically aggressive, but like I do tend to get quite loud because um, I get upset, and my voice in general does is a bit. I do talk quite loudly anyway without noticing, and so then it kind of gets um, a big thing. And then one of the things that is so hard for me is when then ev- there's sort of like around you, people are looking, and there's like this uneasy look, and this also just this general what I perceive as this kind of like, oh, she's being hysterical or she's being aggressive. And so mm. we can't take her seriously. And that is why I think sometimes just, I refuse to walk away if somebody's being sexist, homophobic, racist, transphobic. If they are being intolerant, um, then I won't walk away and I will challenge it. But I think that there is a lot of power in just walking away if somebody's just being a dick, you know? Mm. And I aim yeah. to do that. I aim to become that confident that I can just walk away from a conversation, which is pointless and annoying. I think for two reasons it's important to to, to, to do that. I mean, for one thing, if, if it is something that you fundamentally believe in, then it is important to um, to react in a way which um, you deem appropriate. I mean, not only for your your feeling of integrity, but also for um, also actually even for your confidence in uh, in social situations i mean there's so many aspects to this specific social situation you're talking about i mean of course um it would be good if the society we live in didn't discredit people automatically who have an emotional <laughs> response in an argument um which i mean which is something of course that one can't change just like that um but the other aspect is, um, damn it, I've lost it. <laughs> Isn't it terrible when good things happen to, when bad things happen to good sentences? Yep, that's basically it. That sums it up for today. <laughs> Isn't it terrible? When no, we have to talk about, we have to talk about. Bad things happen to good sentences. Isn't it terrible when bad things happen to good subjects? Speaking of which, next week's topic was chosen by popular vote on our Instagram page. The choice was anxiety at work or anxiety in dating. Um, Yeah, how did, Lois, how did the vote go? That was an interesting one because it started off with everyone wanting to talk about dating and I was like, okay, well, you know, I kind of, I kind of had an, an inkling that would happen, but then anxiety at work started to catch up on dating and then it was really neck and neck for a while. Like it was, I think it was like 48 versus 52%. I thought maybe, maybe it'll be 50-50 or maybe work will actually take over. But in the end, it was settled 
60-40 in favor, so 60% versus 40% in favor of anxiety and dating. So that is what we're going to be talking about next week. And a big thank you to everyone who took part in that poll, by the way. That's really helpful for us. Yeah, and um, for all those disappointed that we are not going to be talking about work next week, we will do it maybe the week after, maybe another time. Maybe not. We're going to keep you guessing. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and many other podcast platforms. Also, if you want to keep updated on when new episodes are coming and other informations, give us a follow on Instagram at anxiety underscore cooling. So that's at sign N-X-I-E-T-Y underscore cooling. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and you know anyone with generalized anxiety disorder who might find it helpful, please recommend us to them.